As we look at this topic of seasonality, I want to bring us back to a central point which we're to focus on, that in all the season that God brings us, His intention, His primary intention is that you and I would grow to be more like Jesus Christ every single day. Actually, that's the primary objective of life for us to imitate Christ in who we are. And as we've been journeying so far this month, some of you have been being asked by the Spirit as you reflect on the Word, as you spend time in your personal devotions, just how much of Jesus and His kingdom do you want? Just how much of what God is intending for you do you want? Now, I'm going to get to a point in today's message where we look at four areas that we need to carefully manage so that we can grow into who God is calling each one of us to be. And you might be surprised by some of them. But let's come back to think about the, the two uh, early presentations that we had. Thank you so much for, to Nyasha for reading. You may be wondering, what has Isaiah 61 got to do with James May? Now, for some of you guys, we brought Top, top Gear to you because uh, you're in church today. And so meeting some of those double needs that you might have to enjoy uh, some of that lad stuff. So what are these two strands got to do with one another? Well, there is something that God does in the way that He brings out uh, transformation, in the way that He will use us to bring liberty and freedom and healing and restoration and to turn very bleak seasons into uh, things that produce goodness. And the Spirit is integrally involved in that. But part of the Spirit's work, the verse that was read, is that we would be called or become oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord that He might be glorified. And so I wanted to look at what God does to establish your life so that you can really glorify Him. Now, if we're thinking about these four areas, one of the first things for us to just address is that sometimes we, when we think about management, we think about issues like time management and resource management and strength management and so on. Let me just say to you that time belongs to God, just as the seasons belong to God. Some of us in our efforts to manage believe that we can manage the seasons. We can manage everything that's going on around us. We can even get to go so far as to manage time. And yet the seasons keep moving forward and the time keeps ticking on. And those seasons are about bringing change and transformation. And if we're too busy trying to control seasons, we will not get out of the seasons what God intends for us to get out of them. New seasons bring change. We can't keep the old in order to move into the new. We need to throw out the old and move forward in the new of what God is doing in us. And so take us on a journey there. Let's begin with a prayer. Father, thank you so much for your call upon our lives to flourish into people that carry the very image of Jesus. And we want to grow in that, Lord. We want to learn what it is to manage the things that we can manage so that we can become who you're calling us to be. Help us, strengthen us in Jesus' name. Amen. So bringing back this oak of righteousness image, and there's going to be an image on the screen behind us just now uh, of a tree. Um, and uh, the trees you'll see are trees that have been cut down, but uh, you can just drill a hole into a tree these days rather than cutting the whole thing down to figure out how old it is, just so you know. But as, as we look at this, you'll remember some of the content that James was talking about. Each of those rings reflects a period of growth that the tree has gone through. The pale section in between the clear lines of demarcation is known as the early wood or the spring wood, which 
begins in early spring to grow. It's a lighter, less dense wood. But then there comes a time in the summer where the growth period is rounded off with the summer wood, a denser, more firm, darker wood. And for a tree to flourish and grow, there is a certain requirement, a mix, shall we say. There needs to be a strong distinction in the seasons, a clear spring, summer, autumn, winter, where you have clear transitions in temperature and water and uh, atmosphere and so on. And when you have strong, clear seasons with the right ingredients at the right stages, for example, sun, water, soil, etc., you have strong growth. And those seasons of strong growth are marked by some of the wider growth rings that you'll see on this tree. Now, a few things to quickly note. You'll see it right in the the center of that tree. There's a lot of growth in the early years, and then it seems to get thinner and thinner and thinner. And uh, this might give an image for us of why in our early walk with Jesus, we were really firing for God. We were reading our Bibles every day and giving as much money away as we could. And there was a lot of young growth that was happening where we were advanced in the things of God. And maybe now you're saying, God, the, the growth in my life is, is, is smaller. It's more incremental. But there is hard-earned growth that is happening in these stages of our lives as we mature in Christ. And as each season passes... The tree grows in size and grows in maturity. And the clearer that these lines are, the clearer that the lessons are that are rounded off, the stronger the wood is. So where you have clear lines of demarcation, you have a strong tree. There are some circumstances you have in some places you can go in the world where there are not clear seasons. The sun is always shining. The water is always available. In some senses, those trees slip into a mode of constant growth, so much so that there's no real clear line marker or delineation, but hundreds and hundreds of much smaller rings. So you can't say one ring is one year. So for example, think of a coconut tree. You see a coconut tree swaying in the wind. That's a tree that has grown, but it's constantly growing and it has not become established in the same way that an oak of righteousness would be. And so in that tree, there's growth, but no comparative strength. And this is why it's not good for us as Christians to live in a place of continuous provision, a place where we just constantly have God pouring out riches in every single way in our lives. Because when we get used to an environment of no seasonal change, we become weak, we don't extract the maximum value, we become flexible in ways that is not sustainable for the future. Then the third, this can happen where a season happens, and this is where I want us to dig in, where seasons happen around us, but we don't extract the right nutrients or we believe that the right features aren't in the right stages in order for us to grow properly. So for example, if it wasn't cold enough in the winter or perhaps it's too hot in the spring or perhaps there's not enough water in uh, in the spring or maybe in that early phase there wasn't enough sunlight and so that tree that was intended to grow significantly within the course of a year does not grow. And they say that each year that you count out on the rings, when you see a narrow ring, it's because that year something happened. I don't know if there's years that you can point to in your life where you can say something happened. 
The, the love that I needed wasn't available. The resources that I needed, the money or the, the hope that I needed just wasn't available. And so that year, when I look at that year, I didn't grow. Um, and what I want to take us on a journey through is thinking about how can we get the most out of seasons and how can we perhaps find resources in seasons where anyone else would not flourish? Anyone else would look at that and say it's a hopeless situation, but you, the Christian, the person that is full of faith, can flourish in that particular time. And so maybe, you know, uh, we need to reflect on some lessons from the trees. If I was to take you and to uh, take a slicing, let's use a, uh, what would we call an MRI or something like that, rather than actually cutting you in half like they did with Jeremy's head. But what would we see in terms of you and what you're created to be? I think there's three lessons and then we'll look at the four aspects of growth. First is that you are created to grow into something. The tree, when you cut the tree, you can see that the tree is intended to grow into a bigger tree. It's rocket science today. Tree equals tree. But you as a human being, if we were to cut you, who are you growing into being? Who are you called to become like? Are you called to become like the superstar world image out there of the made it uh, successful person? Or is there a deeper call on your life, a bigger call on your life? Is there the intention for you to be growing, to become like Jesus, the biggest human being ever to walk? I don't mean size physically, I mean the maximized human experience. Are we flourishing and growing and through the maturity that is offered to us and the lessons that God places for us? Are we becoming people that stand tall in righteousness and hold the image of God? This is why the, uh, uh, Isaiah uses the image of oaks of righteousness. You're not called to be bendy trees that sway around in the wind. You're called to be oaks of righteousness that can sustain life. So you're called to grow into something. Second, that the only way we can grow is by embracing seasonality. Seasons dictate that change has to happen for us to grow. Maybe you're resisting seasons. Maybe you hate the changing seasons. When you get fired, that's a season change. Hate that. What about when you get promoted? When, you get, when your integrity gets tested or perhaps even rewarded, when your BFF betrays your trust and you're learning to walk out forgiveness, when you feel like God is silent, these are all seasons that God takes us through that are necessary for us to grow. And for some of you out there today, the single season, embracing that single season, getting the most out of that single season for when relationship comes. And we've got a relationship series starting up next month for you. So lesson two is embrace seasonality for your growth. And third is that we are to consolidate the growth that God has given us by finishing out the lessons. We have those periods of rapid growth. Yes, God, I'm going to learn how to forgive but we don't come to the delineation line, the tree line of actually restoring a relationship. We begin with the hard work of, yes, yes, God, I need to pray for the blessing of that person, but we never want to have a conversation with them and learn how to close out that lesson. What about the season where we are, um, where we are being called to walk by faith? 
And we start out by saying, God, I can believe you that you would provide accommodation. I can believe you that you would provide uh, transport or uh, a new job or whatever it might be. But we never round out the lesson by praying until we see what we have been seeking God for. Maybe we start to serve um, in initial stages. We join a team, we get real excited about giving our, our time to God, but we don't serve until the place where someone's life is radically transformed by our love for them. Maybe you're someone who is a startup genius. You get loads of startups, you've got loads of ideas, you've got loads of projects that you spin up, but then your life becomes a scrapyard of incomplete projects because we never learn to finish the lesson of what God has opened up for us. And in these three things, I want to encourage you to come to God and say, listen, we want to achieve all the growth that you have for us. We want to live a sacrificial life so we can become like Jesus. So our first thing is to think about the trees. How can we grow? How can we flourish in the same way they, they do? Would we say that each year we have grown in God's work in our lives? Now, second, to ask the question, can we win when the seasons are going on around us? Can we flourish when the seasons are going on around us? It's possible that you could go a year skipping growth. It's possible that you could go a year and skip what God intends. What seasons might you face? What do you do when you go through trial and tribulation or the autumn storms of life? What do you do when you face the wilderness or the silence or the cold or uncertainty or simplicity of winter? What do you do when you're called to work and flourish and give your strength in a time of spring? Or what do you do when it comes to seasons of harvest in the summer where God pours out his blessing and in his abundance? And there are some of those things that sound really attractive. I want to harvest. I want to be blessed. I want to see the goodness of God. But our flesh will run from the adversity of the necessary autumn and winter whereby we will be prepared for that blessing. And if we seek to run or sow to the flesh, we'll reap a big flesh corruption in our lives. We'll become like that wavy tree. So if we're to win in these seasons, what do we make of these seasons? And I want to say this to us today, that God changes the way that we see seasons. I come back to that verse that we read, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the opening of prisons to those who are bound. And then if you look a bit lower, it says, he will give a, a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit, that they would be called oaks of righteousness. You could look at a circumstance that anyone else would fail to grow in. But when you do it in partnership with the Holy Spirit, he begins to turn the, that which is fruitless to everybody else into something that is fruitful for you. He turns that which is broken and mourning into times of gladness and joy, that which is faint-hearted into times of, the, uh, uh, into a garment of praise. This is the work of God in your life. If you are to grow as an oak of righteousness, we need to stop trying to grow in a worldly context and grow in a God-centered context. What that looks like is starting to walk in partnership with the Spirit. 
I want to give a testimony, then come back to talk about these four areas that we can work in partnership with the Spirit in. Uh, I want to start by saying you can do much more than you give yourself credit for when you walk with God. The four areas that I want to talk into is the idea of spirituality, the idea of loving relationship with people, the idea of your character, your holiness, and the idea of living for your purpose. Last year, year before, two years ago, I started a, a master's. I don't know if you knew this, some of you did. It was probably the hardest project to take on in my entire life, given everything else that was going on uh, around me. And uh, last year, I found myself, I'm sure you know this, I run the Bible college here and there's loads of Bible, new Bible school students around, but I run the Bible college. I'm a minister in the church. I had a firstborn, a, sec, a second son who was one, just in December, so the whole of last year he was growing, and doing a master's alongside all of that, as well as trying to keep Rebecca happy, which should have been my first priority. And there were times when I'm sitting there going, God, I cannot do all of this. There is no way I can sustain all of this. And the Lord was speaking to me about the things I needed to make sure that I was managing to keep in my life so that I could do all of those things. The first was keeping that intense connection with the Holy Spirit, keeping my reliance on God, that I couldn't compromise on reading my Bible, praying, worshiping, spending time with Him. And so that is the first key thing that I want to address, say to us, that for us to grow, we need to keep our vital connection with God. We cannot disconnect from God. And yet what so often happens, we see this all the time, that people come, they get a job, and then suddenly they're too busy to stay connected to the people that prayed them into that job. They're too busy to stay vitally connected to the body of Christ. You've got to keep your vital connection to Jesus first yourself. And then the second was this, those key relationships that God has given you. What about those vital relationships? If I were to ask someone uh, why they had stopped attending cell. They would say, well, because I've got to work, I've got to look after my family, I've got to study, and therefore I have no time for a loving community of brothers and sisters in Christ. And yet that is such a key, vital, essential place that we need to manage ourselves to keep prioritized so that we can grow in the image of God. Why? Because it's love God and then love your neighbor as yourself. If you can't commit to the relationships and maintain and prize those relationships even when the seasons are going on around you, how are we going to flourish in growing in those particular areas? The third area was to think about character, righteousness in the middle of that season. How was I treating my kids? How was I loving my wife? How was I serving the people around me? What about uh, us? Sometimes when we're going through particular seasons, we're like, hey, I can just cut back a little on my character. You know, maybe I can get double promoted this year if I take these few shortcuts, stab that person in the back, speak a little bit badly about that person. I can get to where I need to be going. And yet God is concerned about the character that we are working with in our lives or flourishing in character. And the third is, fourth is to keep our eyes fixed on God's purpose for us. So often in the pursuit of a dream or so often in taking on these different projects, and responsibilities. We're trying to reach for what we want out of our lives. We want to be able to be proud when we look at other people. I've got more money than you. 
We want to be able to drive a flash car around. We want to be able to say, look, I've got my whole life together. And yet that's not God's purpose and that's not God's intent for you. God's purpose and intent for you is for you is to grow as a servant of other people, to literally bring Jesus into the environment. So you're not seeking to make yourself look great in any context. You're seeking a spotlight Christ through how you live. Let me reiterate those four. Following Jesus, staying committed to your loving relationships, prizing your character, and focusing on your purpose. I said to you a little bit of a few minute of a, a little minute ago that it is possible for you to flourish in finances. It's possible for you to get promoted. It's possible for you to advance in your, your plan for your life, but not grow in Christ, but not grow as an oak of righteousness. The way for you to grow in the plan of God for your life is to say, God, on this journey, I need your wisdom to keep these four things key in my plan for my time, key in my plan for how I'm going to use what you've given me. I'm going to keep focused on you in the core of my, as the core of my relationship. Second, I'm going to keep prizing those difficult Christian brother and sisters that you've given me. I'm going to stay connected. I'm not going to go ghost on them. I preached on that last year. I'm not going to disappear on them just because I got a season going on. I'm going to stay connected to my friends because they're going to help me keep looking to Jesus while I'm going through this season, while I'm facing sickness, while I'm facing trial, while I'm facing tribulation. I need to keep myself connected. God, if I'm going to flourish in becoming like Jesus in this situation, how do I stay true to you? How do I honor the people around me? How do I choose integrity? How do I keep walking in the holiness that you've given me? For God, I need wisdom to leave aside the stuff that doesn't build towards your purpose for me. You know, some of you are going to flourish in life. You're going to do so much in life. But my prayer is that in all the things that you flourish in, it's what God gives you to do. Because it would be so easy. You're the bright young star in the office. Hey, you're the kind of person we need to do this job. Nothing to do with what God calls you to do. But you'd go with that because someone else decides where they want to squeeze you and your skill set. And you might flourish. You might become the, the youngest director in the company. But it means nothing if it's not what Jesus intends for you to do. God, what can I do that is about your purpose? And if you are there and God intends for you to be there, you bring the, the Christ with you. You don't become the dictator director at work and then worship Jesus at home as though they're the same person in one body. You're, you're sowing to one or the other. <laughs> you're called to grow as, as, a, as a Christian. And so what does your Christian leadership look like? So my final challenge, shift your perspective on what you need to grow as a Christian. Shift it away from all of the agenda that the world will set for your life and say, you know what? If I'm to be an oak of righteousness, if year on year I am to grow and learn the lessons and flourish in who God has made me to be, year on year I need to invest in these four things in the midst of everything else that goes on in your life. And if you invest in these four things, you'll find yourself growing up into a tree that is established. And that tree, that person, you, me, the Spirit of God is on us. 
as people that he firmly roots in Christ to bring transformation to people around us. We need you standing in the places of darkness to bring righteousness. We need you to be a spirit-anointed person in every place that God gives you to stand. We need you to be someone that lives for Jesus every single year of your life. In those growth rings, you're living for Jesus. It's not as though you paused from when you were 20 till you were 40 to establish your career and your family, and then suddenly you decided you were going to live for Jesus again. But you're consistently living for Christ year on year, flourishing in Him, growing to glorify Him in all that you do.